We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From the WEEI Studios, the home of the Red Sox. 93.7 WEEI-FM and HD1. Lawrence, Boston. Always live on the free Odyssey app. For me personally, I, it doesn't mean that much. Um, we try, like we've been saying, we try and stay in the moment, and we've been doing that. And we started off eleven and one, and I was like, man, that's unreal. And then you catch yourself, and you go back into the moment, and we've probably gone eleven one every twelve games to have the record we have. It's been really amazing to watch them want to be great because it's. With the schedule and everything, it, it's it's really impressive. But you can't do it unless you have two great goalies, you have a decor that can shut people down and can help you score, and you got four lines that help you every night. I don't think Don Sweeney gets enough credit. So that was Jim Montgomery. After the Bruins 7-1 blowout last night, ooh, Jones jinxed the Bruins. Yeah, Martian went down. Oh, he's fine, though. That would have been a bad jinx by me because Marsha and I actually like. The universe is warning you. That's how. They're like, this is your guy. Stop. Ooh, Jones Lay jinxed off the Bruins. It. Oh, I see what you're doing over there, Jones. Yeah, what I do. They won 7-1 to one last night. Against the Sabres. It was another beatdown. I do agree with that. And it was only 2 nothing in the third period. So I do actually agree with that. And it's actually. Jones and Mega with our Orlov has as many goals here, I think, as he has all year with uh, Washington. Last night was a bad. Eh, last night's four on three. That barely counts. Uh, Jones and Mego with Arcan. Uh, hour number two. We're taking your phone call. 617-779-7937. We started off talking about Mac Jones and his friction with the coaching staff. It remains. It remains. And Bailey Zappi's still in the picture. How do you feel about it? How Mac is being coached? How Mac is responding to being coached? And how close Zappi is to Mac Jones in the rearview mirror? We can get to your thoughts on that. Plus, why are the Celtics not having a Bruins-type season? And is it a disappointment that the Celtics aren't running away from the league? Like the Bruins are running away from the league. I'd say yes. What do you guys say? 617-779-7937 on Montgomery. I found that to be an interesting thing he just threw in. He was asked about being first to 100, which... Congratulations, by the way. Fastest team to 100 in NHL history. First team to 100. Like, wow. What an accomplishment. Print up the t-shirts. First to 100. I'm on the bandwagon, so do I get one of those? Do I get one of the fastest to 100 t-shirts? I imagine as a bandwagon member and now a card-carrying, you know, black and gold apologist who predicted yesterday, tape marked, that the Bruins will win the cup. Not they should. Not it'd be a, a choke if they didn't. That they will win the cup. Do I get one of those shirts? I'd imagine I do. We had one in the mail, but Keith took it. Oh, I mean, he's the hockey inside. I know you're bandwagon guy, but he's our hockey insider. I'm okay with Keith getting it. So I'd be I think okay Keith with should that. have it. He, he, he's breaking all these scoops. Looks he great on him, too. In terms of stats and records, is this a record that the hockey community cares deeply about? Well, at least this one, the, the team they passed at least won a cup. So I'll, I'll, if people want to choose to care about this one, and I know I'm mocking it, but if people want to choose to care about this one, at least the team they passed, this quote-unquote record, at least the team that has it won. Like, if you set the wins record, those teams didn't win. If you set the points record, that team didn't win. 
So, like, uh, maybe I take that back. Maybe Can- the Canadians did with the points record. I'd have to go back and look again. But, like, a lot of these records, the team didn't go on to win, which is the way it works in the NHL, which is why I, I largely haven't cared about what they've done in the regular season until they beefed up their roster, which is something that it looks like Don Sweeney is done doing, right, Arkan? I haven't missed anything. The deadline just came and went in the NHL. The Bruins didn't do anything today despite having more more room under the cap. Yeah, there's been a couple of, like, small Jordan Greenway just got traded to Buffalo, but I don't see any Bruins okay. uh, moves. Now, look, if anything happens, we'll update you, uh, as these deadlines tend to work, especially in the NBA, but in the NHL as well. Trade calls can go past the deadline, uh, or maybe they're announced past the deadline anyway. And so maybe they agreed to a deal. If they do anything, I imagine it would be small, as I told you yesterday, an eighth defenseman, a 13th or 14th forward, that kind of thing. But if they do anything, we'll let you know. It looks like Don Sweeney, despite having cap space, Taylor Hall's on LTIR. You know, the uh, the Bruins went out and acquired Bertuzzi, who's here and apparently is going to play tomorrow night. Uh, they introduced him to the media as well. Um, they still had more room with Taylor Hall's long-term injured reserve uh, status. And who knows if Hall's coming back? Who knows if Felino is coming back? So they had more opportunity to make a move, and they didn't. Maybe that's the first time you can criticize Don Sweeney if you want to. But I jumped on the bandwagon because they got a top 4D. They definitely got a middle six forward, arguably a top six forward in a lot of places, in Todd Bertuzzi, plus Garnet Hathaway. I like the moves that they made. And, and, and I like they the, wiped up Pasternak. Thank you. And they extended Pasternak, which means he doesn't have to worry about tossing and turning, worrying about if he's going to make 11, 11.25, 12, whatever it is. Now he knows and he's taken care of. So that's why I'm on the bandwagon. But I found it interesting. Montgomery just kind of shoehorned that in last night, huh? Is Don Sweeney underrated in this town? I don't think Megan? Don Sweeney gets enough credit. You think, and he didn't, I guess, so underrated is not his word. He doesn't get enough credit. It's basically what he's saying. Do you think he's underrated? Do you think he gets enough credit? I think he's properly rated because he's just a lopsided guy. He reminds me of my SAT score in high school where I was like horrible in math and then genius level in verbal, like in the old SATs. What I happened? Say. What do you mean, what happened? <laughs> Oh, that I stopped being a genius and verbal? Yeah, her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> took me a second. A little jokey joke. What yeah. should be the focal point yeah, of the room? Seriously, like what a hearth. <laughs> I could spell it. I just can't say it. Yeah, yeah right. right. <laughs> um, but it's the kind of thing we're at the trade deadlines and signing these guys to team-friendly deals long-term. Like He's great at it, but it's the drafts that hang over him. I mean, you can't make a case that in the last decade plus he's been a good drafter. No, he's been horrible. I mean, he's been a terrible That's drafter. what I'm saying. So right. it's just a lopsided judgment. You can say, I love this side of what he does. So you think he's but properly rated? But he's got an rated. enormous blind spot. If you had to lean over or underrated, how would you lean? You said properly rated. How would yeah, you lean? Yeah, properly. Um, okay, maybe slightly underrated because the draft the, the draft picks get such... It's just such a talking point. Yeah, and look, I mean, I wanted him fired last offseason. I wanted him out. I'm like, if Cassidy's gone, he should be gone too. I've fired Don Sweeney like three times since he's been GM. I never wanted him hired in the first place. I didn't want a guy connected to Shirelli getting the job in the first place, so I didn't want him hired. I wanted him fired multiple times. That's how I felt about Don Sweeney. Arkand, is he overrated or underrated? He's vastly underrated, I think, and it's for the same reasons you just said. I mean, I want everybody. everybody was shocked that they let go of Bruce Cassidy and kept Don Sweeney. That was the shockwaves were sent through the Boston hockey community after that happened. No one, no one thought it was a good idea. Everybody thought it was the worst thing they could have done and that they were kowtowing to the players and, you know, really blaming the wrong guy and it all should have been because of Sweeney and his bad roster. And, I mean, if I was Don Sweeney, I wouldn't stop shaking my ass in everyone's face this entire year because that's underrated, about as underrated it, as it gets. We wanted him fired. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I'd like Don Sweeney more if he shook his ass and people 
people's face. I would appreciate that. Uh, Montgomery went on about this, by the way. He was asked to follow up a few questions later. Uh, and he he went on about Don Sweeney and why he's underappreciated and doesn't get the respect he deserves. You don't have a team that wins this consistently unless your general manager has built a great team. And he has, you know. We got drafted players, we got traded players, mm. and we have homegrown players <laughs> that have been here for a long time that love being Bruins. And, you know, it speaks volumes as to what he's built here. Look, they're having a great year. I love what Sweeney did at the deadline. He's overrated. He is an overrated general manager, not underrated. The trades he's made, spectacular. Although, again, like Taylor Hall, what's Taylor Hall doing for you at the end of the day? Rick Nash, I like that move. What's Rick Nash doing for you at the end of the day? Uh, you know, the Lindholm one has certainly worked out. Not that they won anything, not even around last year with Lindholm, but we'd expect them to go deeper. I expect him to win the cup. So, like, he hasn't won yet. He is great at trades. He's great at getting guys to sign under market. But That's even, big. It is, but even still, uh, I heard Fluto last night on Early Edition talking about this. Like, even still, you're going to be paying Pasternak 11.25, which I think is a steal compared to other top players. It's still a massive number. When you couple that with McAvoy, that's $20 million a year you're shelling out to those two guys, which I have no problem with. But all of a sudden, it's like, boy, that's going to be hard to maneuver under the cap going forward. So, like, I look at all that and I go, he is great at getting guys to sign under market value. He is great at his trades. But he's terrible at drafting, and the core isn't his. Right. You know, the core isn't his guys. They're not. Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak, Krejci. Those aren't his guys. So you want to give him credit for McAvoy? Go ahead and give him credit. That is a good draft pick of his. You want to give him credit about, for Lindholm acquiring what about him? Debrusque? Sure. Debrusque How would you is Debrusque is one of his draft picks. Nice player, but not the core. I wouldn't call him part of the core. So he inherited a core that had already won, and I know he was an assistant to uh, Shirelli during those years. I think he's overrated as a GM. Win something and get back to me. Win something and let's talk about See, it. See, you say win something. If he wins this year, does that give him? Uh, I guess more bragging rights, or does it have to be how how he handles the team after the Krejci-Bergeron era ends? Because you're talking about the core. He didn't build this core. No. So at least if I'm thinking about Bergeron going out the door, then it's kind of like, okay, now you really have the weight of the world on well, your shoulders in terms of point. getting this roster back in shape. I mean, look, you can win. Uh, plenty of GMs. Uh, Charrington won, and I thought Charrington was a terrible GM. Shirelli won. And so, you know, you can win and not be a great GM, in my view, but... I'll give him his due if they win. I will. And, you know, it's interesting. We were but talk- if they win, if they, sorry, just really quick, if they win, that's not changing anything about well, what should. the his, roster is what, right now. Well, what if his moves put them over the top? What if Orloff and Hathaway okay. and, and Bertuzzi, what if, those, what if those moves put them over the top? Do you think that's mostly depth? I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win the cup, and I think those moves will have a Do you think they're going to win because of Orloff? Well, no. I mean, I think, they'll, I think they'll win because of their core, but I think those moves would obviously help supplement it. I mean, you're going to win because of your best players. In any sport, uh, maybe less so than the NHL than other sports where your secondary pieces and your depth players, your role players can step up and have, you know, huge postseason runs. We've seen it in the past. But I still think you're probably going to win on your top end talent. But if these moves put him over the top, then I'll give him his due. He hasn't won. It's not his core. He sucks at drafting. So I don't know. I- I'd say right now these days he's a little overrated, especially with everybody running around uh, talking about how underrated he is with Montgomery bringing it up. He's been fine. He's been fine. But I'd like to see him win before we say he's an underrated GM in this town. I think it's just that the draft piece has been so overtalked that I'm hesitant to even go further with it right now. Because I do like how Montgomery kind of shoehorned in there. Like, 
the same way that Bill talks about Mac, he can play in this league. He's like, he has drafted players. It's not like <laughs> so much dra- elite talent drafted. It's like there are players existent on this roster, aside from Charlie McAvoy, who he drafted. You know, he's very aware that those aren't the core pieces. Do we do we have a problem with Sweeney not doing anything today? No. Arkan? No, they've already done more than they needed to. Arkan? Maybe a little bit. I mean, How? I don't know if it's his fault. Here's why. Can I just say why? Yeah. Brad Martian, this wasn't the first time he's left a game with an injury, I think, even this week. Like, he, I remember he got cut yeah. on his foot the other day. Yeah, he, like, left, he left and came back in the same game. What yeah. game was that? Was that the Edmonton game, I Either think? Either Edmonton or Calgary. I forget which one it was. But, like, he's been, he's been getting banged up a lot here. And... I sort of think, like, we talked about, you know, resting guys, sitting guys. He's a prime candidate for that. And yeah, if you're going to be sitting him, then I'd be all right with them bringing in another body there on the wing. That's all. But, I mean, it's not like I'm freaking out. I, I just think they could have, yeah. Look, at Lauco. I mean, it's why true. do you need anybody else? Ownership, where the hell that guy came from? Ownership deserves credit because they're going over the cap with the LTIR money, but they could have gone more. So I have a little mini gripe about that, but largely I love what Sweeney did at the deadline. I'd still call him overrated these days, especially with Montgomery saying he he doesn't get enough credit. He's getting plenty of credit. Trust me. Even I gave him credit yesterday. He's getting plenty of credit. 617-779-7937. What do you think? Does Montgomery have a point? Is Don Sweeney underrated in this town? We'll get to all your feedback coming up. I do want to start to mix in a few thoughts on the Red Sox as well. We've talked Patriots. We've talked Bruins. We've talked Celtics. We should get to the Sox. Uh, The pitch clock actually bringing some real... Uh, measurable buzz to Major League Baseball, which is surprising. I'm surprised by this. We'll get to it after. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're trending with Christian Arkin. Get Boston Sports Original on the go wherever you go. Just download the Odyssey app. You're listening to Jones and Mako on WEEI. Game on the line. Three balls, two strikes, two out, three on, six, six in the ninth. And he did he go to his mouth or he took Whoa. to Oh, he didn't get out. He got out of the box and the game is over. Oh my god. He wasn't ready to hit by the pitch clock and he's called out. Oh my. And we think the game is over. The ninth inning's over anyway, and it's tied at six. Wow. Wow. I think the batter thought that the pitcher took too long and they were calling ball four but it was the batter who stepped out and now uh, Snitker the manager's out to get an explanation wow wait a minute to see if we go extra innings here umpires are coming in I don't think we will no that's going to be that what a way to end it wow so I guess it goes into the books as a strikeout it does that's going to be the number one story on every sports show it is A, a major league baseball game just ended on a violation Wow. Whoa. 
Wow. Will Fleming really Joey Lawrencing it. Whoa. Well, this is most unorthodox throughout wow. the broadcast. Wow. Wow. Whoa. Wow. But when it comes to Monday's show, he was right. I mean, he nailed it. That was that was a big talker, at least here in Boston. I don't know throughout the country. Wow. But at least here in Boston. Wow. That was. Wow. Whoa. Wow. That was a big one. And uh, there's some real actual buzz around the pitch clock. Although it might be waning a little bit over the course of the week. There's some data to back up that the pitch clock may be bringing fans to baseball, which is crazy. <laughs> When's the last time anything brought fans to baseball? When's the last they're, time a clock brought They're just like, wow, besides wow less baseball. Well, less baseball brings more people in. What a crazy concept. Really, because all I heard last weekend was, this is going to drive people away from the game. Well, I mean, maybe maybe it will long-term. I don't know. Arcan, I know, was nervous about it earlier in the week. Maybe it will long-term, but that's not the case short-term. We can get to that with your phone calls coming up. 617-779-7937. We've talked Patriots. We've talked Celtics. We were just discussing the Bruins as well. Whether or not Don Sweeney is overrated by... Uh, I'm sorry, underrated. I said he's overrated. Whether he's underrated uh, because his head coach, Jim Montgomery, you know, effectively Montgomery is sucking up to his boss is really all he's doing. Mm-hmm. And he did it unprompted. I don't think Don Sweeney gets enough credit. Hey, guys, by the way, my boss, he's real good. I really love my boss, guys. More people should say nice stuff about More people my should boss. say nice things about my boss. Hey, guys, you know who I is like? Is there an echo in you here? Know, you know who I don't think gets enough credit around here? Uh, Ken Laird, Ken Laird. I, geez, I was just thinking the same thing. You know, and like, that boy. shirt today, I mean, I know Ooh. when you radio and you can't see, but I mean, it's a shirt that you just got to see to believe Ken it's Laird, that good. Mike Thomas, wildly underrated. Let me tell you, those guys don't get enough credit. So when it comes to Montgomery, it's a little suspect. And I also just think he's wrong. I mean, I think, if anything, Don Sweeney inherited the core, which is the biggest reason why they're here. Now, Allmark is his. Uh, McAvoy is his. DeBrusque is his. The trades are all him. If you want to say bringing back Krejci is him, I'd listen to you on that. I'd say, nah. How about bringing back Bergeron, making sure he doesn't retire after last season? Still, eh. You could give him a little. Um, I, you can if you. you hey, look, I'm making you, a coaching change. Mego, There's a can, coaching change here. Mego, you can give him credit for whatever okay. you want. I'm just. Say, I'm saying me. I would say. Thank to you that. for the permission. But I'm saying. But whatever you are. Are you giving him credit for it? Or are yeah, you just asking me if I would? Give him a little credit for it. I don't okay. think Don Sweeney gets enough. Credit. A little credit. A little credit. Overrated GM. Bad at drafting. It's not his core. So what's he done? He's done some nice trades around the edges that hasn't won them anything yet. And he gets his guys to sign for under market. Great. I mean, that's that's awesome. It's great you can get si- guys to sign for under market. But so did Shirelli. I, I almost wonder if that's more of an ownership thing than something Sweeney does. Jim's in Connecticut waiting patiently. Go ahead, Jim. Hey, folks. How you doing? Good. Yeah, I want to talk about uh, the Nesson coverage of the Bruins. But first, I got a question for Mego. Okay. Is she there? Yeah. What's up? No, she left. In the last, in the last 30 <laughs> seconds, we were just talking, Jim. I'm sorry, I'm on the on the phone. Anyways, um, yeah. Mego, do you know Quince Orchard Road? Yeah, I do, in Gaithersburg, Maryland. What's up? Hey, I lived in Germantown and worked on Quince Orchard. All right. Wow. Nice. How's down the, down near the Dogfish Head Alehouse. Oh. oh, yeah, it's a great spot. How's the sports talk down there, Jim? Pretty good? Yeah, no, nah, not as good as Boston. Okay. That's true. That's why I had good. to come up here. That's true. That's why she left. What, what's, your, what's your point about Nesson's coverage of the Bruins? It stinks. It stinks. Have you been watching the games lately? Yeah, I mean, Jack's got, I a, J- Jack's got a little overboard even for him, yes. I, I get, I'm exhausted from watching the game. It's constant camera switches. Switch to here, switch to this. This guy's an intern. 
So this he knows nothing so, about covering so this, a hockey game. This actually segues nicely into the pitch clock. Yeah, because it's all about the TV experience well, or the viewer, the fan experience. Andrew Raycroft does a phenomenal job. We talked. We talked about this earlier in the week. I I liked Raycroft's point about uh, not settle for that. about paying uh, McDavid too much, and I said, oh boy, interesting. The Bruins are about to pay Pasternak a lot. Not quite as much as I expected him to get, but I did. I liked his coverage the other day. True, but the pitch clock is something that I think people are going to complain about this year. I have a feeling that's going to be something meaning like viewers of Nesson. And I liked. Wait, I, you think you think the little bug I think counting are, down is yes, going to bug I think, people? I think that's going to yes, the bug will bug I did, people. I know I couldn't I think, come up with another. No, I, but I, but I, but yes, I think people will complain about that. Yes, I think people will be annoyed. Well, they're by, stupid. It's so in my face. I like it's it. It's not though. It, but it might be after a certain point in time. Right now, while everybody's learning the rules, and clearly nobody knew what the hell was going on over the weekend. Nobody, and I don't blame Castig or Will Fleming or anybody else for not knowing. Like everybody wow. was confused. The players were confused. The managers were confused. Wow. The broadcast team was confused. Like only the umpire knew what was going on. So look, it's still in its its infantile stages, and it's still being implemented. But I bet people will complain about that. Here's the actual tangible news, by the way, when it comes to the ratings for Major League Baseball. ESPN the other day aired a Mets Cardinals game, which like who could possibly care about that? Mets Cardinals on what day of the week was it? Uh, on February 27th, on a Monday. Okay, so a couple of days after the Red Sox had their pitch clock fiasco, if you will, or it worked out in their favor, uh, on Saturday, according to Nielsen, the Mets and Cardinals game on Monday afternoon, a Monday afternoon game, Mets and Cardinals, was ESPN's most-watched MLB spring training broadcast in seven years since a primetime game between the Cubs and the Giants in 2016. Monday's broadcast averaged 423,000 viewers, peaking with 475,000 viewers at 2.30. It was up 44% from ESPN's 2021 spring training viewership. Well, when you have a pitching matchup like David Peterson and Sidney <laughs> Thomas, then okay. you're going to get eyeballs. But so, look, now people might be excited about the Mets. You know, there's there's excitement around the Mets and, and a New York team being good and the way Steve Cohen's spending money. The Cardinals are obviously a fan base that has a following, okay, and has for a long time. Do we think that's a one-off and it has more to do with random teams playing on an afternoon, or do you think the pitch clock is impacting that? Because my guess is people are... People want to see how the pitch clock is working. That's my guess. Well, yeah, I don't think you can ignore the Mets spending and that they have Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander in terms of having high-profile names. But Right, but I honestly don't know. Arkan, you're telling me they didn't pitch in that game? They didn't. No, those guys did pitch okay. in that game. I just I didn't know who either of them were. I was oh, looking, I was pitch. like, was maybe they're like a big so pitching may- matchup or something, but I don't know who either of those guys are. So, <laughs> may- no, so no, no, but did Verlander pitch is what I'm asking? I'm no. saying I think the Mets are a draw for their yes. for a huge market Agreed. right now. But aside from that, I'm not saying the pitch clock doesn't play into it, but how much of it to me, the question is, how much of it is novelty? Is a novelty of seeing our, how much yeah, our guys going to screw this up right now? The XFL. Is, are people going to get in fights yeah. over this? It's the XFL. How is my team going to handle it? Like, uh, to me, that's the bigger thing thing is the novelty of how is my team going to handle it when they get now hit with this pitch clock in spring training imagine that imagine if baseball gets like buzz and a shot in the arm because they finally they finally put this pitch clock in like that 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 is not what i expected i expected baseball might hang on to their fan base and i thought baseball might die a slower death what if it gives them a little shot in the arm i did not anticipate that i guess i just feel like this wouldn't be the thing to put it over the top long term. This no, is, I agree. Long right term. now, it's I said more a li- like it's, I a, a, it's a sideshow. A thing. little shot in the arm, a one, a one off for a year. How much? I, this has more staying power than like removing the sticky stuff. 
but there was that I keep thinking about when we talk about, okay, the uh, circus around the pitch clock and guys screwing it up or whatever, and whether that's a reason to tune in. I just think about the sticky stuff checks when guys were like basically taking their clothes off on Spider the mound. Tech, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Freaking out. Officer going so, through Max Scherzer's thinning, sweaty hair. Right, right, right. But that did, you know, that didn't have staying power for bringing viewers in. I, I guess I'm still, no, it's maybe true. if you're talking about true. overrating or underrating the pitch clock's effect on baseball, I'm still going to underrate it. I, just, I think it's great for the product. It's a step in the right direction. Absolutely. Well, but a better product should bring more viewers, right? Yeah, I just wonder if baseball's too far gone. Well, I, I wonder the same thing, which is why these numbers caught my eye and why these numbers were and surprising it's also, to me. Okay, for spring training, aren't you already looking at pretty diehard fans? Like I'm, I'm more. I know this is all the data that we have right now, and it's good to have real data. But I'm not gonna like make a conclusion about it until we get into the well, regular sure. season and see how it but how it plays out. It's the beginning of of having some data on it, and I just even even still even with diehards, I did not anticipate that number the other day. A random baseball game on a Monday afternoon is their highest rated game in five years, and that game was a primetime game. That game was prime, this thing was in the middle of the day, so that surprises me. And I would have to connect it more to the pitch clock than the Mets and Cardinals. They must have played some some nationally televised games or teams with fan bases and fans that are interested must have played some nationally televised games in spring training over the last five years. And this one outdrew it. So that does open my eyes a little bit. Uh, meanwhile, are the Red Sox winning again in yes. spring training? They, yeah, are, they hit right? another grand slam today. Reese McGuire hit another salami. Today. So they haven't lost yet. They have not. Right? They have two ties. They're 4-0. and If they win today, it'll be 5-0. and Yeah, with two ties. Spring training champs. I mean, I don't. Let's go Red Sox. I don't discount. I don't discount the team playing well in spring training. I gave you the numbers the other day. Go back to 2018. 2018, they had a phenomenal spring training. Your guy Tristan Cassis had a home run today. They won the World Series. Mm -hmm. That weirdo. (laughs) 2019, they did not have a good spring training. You guys notice that lizards are really fast now? (laughs) After winning the World Series. No, muscular is what he called it. Very muscular lizard. Oh, that's what it is. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You you said something about a a muscular dog. That was you. I'm sorry. You guys that lizards are hot now. I thought you did. That wasn't me. That wasn't you? No, I don't know who else you're talking to, but that I don't mm. think I described a dog as muscular. I thought you did. I'll have to uh, fact-check myself. Oh, that dog is jacked. That is a, that is a jacked-up dog that right there. jacked puppy. But so, 2018, they had a great spring training. 2019, they followed up the World Series with a poor spring training and had a poor year. Uh, 2020, poor spring training, they stunk. 2021, better year ALCS. Last year, they did have a decent spring training. Maybe that's the, the outlier or the fly in the ointment that blows up my entire argument. If they have a good spring training, I, I'm not ruling out that they're going to wildly outstrip my expectations, which are okay. they're going to be a last-place team. So if they have a good spring training, could they be a playoff team? Yes, that'd be my answer. Yes. Okay. No I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if I would jump to that same conclusion. I understand the, the, what you've laid out. I just don't. The roster on paper, to me, still doesn't look even as good as it was last year. So we'll see how they perform. I, uh, I do find some of the reporting coming out very flowery and very over-the-top, but it's like... Duvall's won a World Series. You know, Kike Hernandez obviously has won a World Series. You know, the new Dodgers that are here. Uh, Turner and... Kenley. Thank you. Kenley Jansen. Those guys have won. Like, they do have a bit of a winning pedigree. So, look, if they if they lose their next five, I'm going to go, oh, okay, I was barking up the wrong tree. They had a hot start to spring training. And did I see this right? Who left their start today? Did Paxton, Paxton leave his start today? Yeah, he uh, tweaked his hamstring. Of course he did. So like okay, one and two thirds innings. Just least. just when you start playing well, you start to lose some of these pitchers. Like Chris Sale, I'm sure is right behind him. 
and Bayo already. I know it's just some some forearm uh, tightness for Brian Bayo, and he's back, and he it's not going to be a big deal is what they're telling us now, but we'll, I'll believe that when I see it. But if they have a good spring training, I'll allow for them being a playoff team. If they if, if they have a crappy spring training, I think that's going to set the foundation for the year. I think spring training results show you something, and I think the Red Sox over the last five years have shown that. Have we gotten any updates about how many TV cameras are down at spring training? I mean, this like, is, is there a big, more media? Yeah, is there more media? I don't are think there so. more fans? Are there more than eight fans standing at the sad chain link fence? I, I don't know. Is it on behind me? No. No, I'm just saying that was like a big narrative at the very today. beginning. Is it not even on TV? There have been a couple games this week. I'm like, where are the friggin' socks? No, they're not televising anything. I got the Mets and the Nationals on right now on MLB Network. Ay, ay, ay. So, anyway, I, I am starting to pay attention to them and how well they play in spring training uh, because I do think there is a. Uh, well, potentially a reason to follow them and say, okay, some of these things we're reading about, the positive vibes, the leadership, the guys who have won before, all that stuff, there's a chance for that. Can I hear Stephen A? This yeah. this pissed off the hockey <laughs> hardos, and I, I think it ties into baseball to a degree. So Stephen A yesterday on First Take has on uh, Michael K, right? Michael K from ESPN Radio in New York. And, well, he asked him the, the, the following question about who wins next in New York, who wins the next championship in New York City. I have a good one. I think it's an interesting one. Which team in New York do you think wins a championship next? Ooh, what a good one. Good one. It's Molly Kieran, by the way, not Stephen A. Uh, what does he say? Oh, Lord. Come on, Patrick Kane they is don't able. Count. They don't count. Take they don't out. count. They don't count. Only thing Stephen I know a. about hockey, hockey is, is that the, the puck, puck is black. black. Okay. And I love <laughs> Gary <laughs> Bettman. That's my buddy. For, for, for who I owe a trip to the hockey a. game. Right. It That's is it. No, no disrespect to the Rangers and to Patrick Kane, of course, but just just for Stephen Football, A. Football, basketball, baseball. Yeah. Yankees or the Mets. Okay, so he finally answers it, and then Stephen A. gets on him for doing an or instead of just picking a team. But it's like Michael K. is like, I already answered. Like, I thought the Rangers would count. The hockey, oh, Lord. The hockey hardos <laughs> were so upset at this. Did Stephen A. apologize today? Oh, would you, like, would you like to hear uh, the about face? Because ESPN and the NHL have a, a nice partner. deal going with yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah, so so okay. it's probably not great where your number one personality is like, who let cares about hockey? Yeah, let me hear it. So Stephen A., big hockey fan. Hold on a second. Before you play it, can we just can we just bask in the glow of what a great line? The only thing I know about hockey is the puck is black. Is <laughs> that I mean, is, that was great. hilarious. Stephen A. is great. I, I was only they a... Don't a f- they don't count. They don't count. The only thing I know. Okay. About hockey, hockey is, is that the, the puck is black. Okay. And I love Let him say it, yeah, Molly, by the way. <laughs> He's, apparently he said that once or twice. No, I was offended by something Stephen A. said, but it wasn't uh, excluding hockey. Well, let's hear his apology, though, first. <laughs> go Rangers! Go Rangers! Not go New York, go New York, go with the Knicks. I'm talking about the Rangers. I know you got something going on with Patrick Kane tonight, okay? Will you calm down? I was having a good time, having fun. Gary Bettman is my friend, okay? Relax, y'all. Relax. I understand the Rangers are all that, but they got a championship since 1994. It's them damn Knicks that haven't won since 1973. I'm sure you can understand why I'm aching a little bit more for the Knicks than the Rangers. So guess what, Rangers fans? Calm down. I just <laughs> let's do that. Hockey. Let's do that. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> which we are going to play before we do every hockey segment going right. forward. Let's do that hockey. By the way. Uh, the way to ingratiate yourself with hockey fans, the hockey hardos, is to not talk about your relationship with Gary Bettman. I, I think that offends <laughs> hockey fans more than anything else. <laughs> Let's do that hockey. So when it comes to Stephen A., I, I wasn't offended at them being like, uh, we're not talking hockey here. I wasn't offended at that. Hockey does not play at the national level. It doesn't. <laughs> Let's do that hockey. It doesn't. It plays in a market like Boston where people care about it. It does not play at the national level. We were shocked yesterday. Shocked. Yeah. When they started uh, Get Up. 
with the yeah. Bruins Calgary game. Yeah, in fact, get up. Uh, they, they, I mean, they're just showing highlights. They're not like discussing yeah. it. No, no, they didn't talk it, but we were like, whoa, it's but, on there. But it was. I, they were showing Bruins highlights again today. So, like, but look, at the national level, hockey doesn't play. You know what else doesn't, Stephen A? Baseball. Oh, like, Lord. I, like, I was shocked. I, I, like, at the national level, you should just be talking NBA and NFL. Like, I don't even know why he allows baseball to be I a mean, conversation piece. I mean, half the piece. time you turn the channel on, it's Lakers-Cowboys. Right. What are the Cowboys doing why? today? Why? It's March. Why? Because those are in the national audiences. Correct. Yeah. That's what your national but audience cares about. that's how it is. About. Right. No I, no, I agree. But so. I don't have a problem with Stephen A. sitting there going, you know, the the games are on at the same time, and I'm going to watch the NBA. Yeah, me either. What's yeah. wrong with that? There is nothing wrong with that. I'm just surprised he allows for baseball to be a national conversation. It's not. Baseball doesn't play even at the national level. True. It, that also only plays in places like Boston or where they care about it. And even that, ugh. So at the national level, like two things play. NFL, college football. So I check that three. And then the NBA, that's it. Well, I don't even get why he bothers talking about baseball. Why do you even have a Michael K in the first place? Should skip right over that. No hockey. All the hockey hardos offended. I'd scrap baseball, too, if I were in his spot. Well, all this buzz with the pitch clock now, you can't. Well, that's a good point. That's true. Getting that's a good point. Ratings. Also, baseball doesn't have a team that plays in a stadium that holds 4,000 people. So, I mean, <laughs> the NHL, until they do something with that Arizona team, I mean, what do you expect? Just really? my goodness. Hockey? Oh, Lord. I don't think you can sit there and say hockey doesn't count. That's just rude. But you can say it. you can just say, okay, maybe they will, but I don't care about that as much. Yeah, be Does, transparent. Be an authentic person. Doesn't count. Why? But I, I that was being authentic. He was saying it doesn't. Say ca- it doesn't count. I think he meant to him. I it's mean, still I, is a, what I, yeah, I it's th- still a big four. I mean, I don't. I don't think he means the 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 sport is irrelevant and doesn't count. You still I, get a parade. I think he meant to him. It doesn't count. I mean, I think that it, that's being that is being authentic. His apology today to Rangers fans or last night or whatever. That's inauthentic. That was uncomfortable. I love Stephen A. I, w- I wish Stephen A. said, yeah, I said it. I don't care. I don't care. The, the fuck is black. I don't care that we're a broadcast partner. I don't care. Well, we're a broadcast partner of the Red Sox. I, I can't criticize the Red Sox. We'll see. I can't do that? I don't know. We'll have meetings. I they mean, spend I'm, more time with the UFC than they do with the NHL. I, uh, Lord knows. I've been a broadcast partner of many other teams in this city and criticized them over the years. So I, I didn't realize Stephen A. was afraid to go there. My God. But I, I'm more offended that he included baseball at the national level. 617-779-7937. We'll continue with all your feedback, and we have our triple play next. Jones and Mego return after this on WEEI. It's going to be a triple play. It's time for the triple play. Yes! Triple play. The top three burning questions of the day. And there's three. With Jones and Mego. Triples is best. All right, it's time for the triple play. It's Friday. That means it's a fill-in-the-blank Friday. So let's go ahead with a continuation on the topic we were just discussing. We'll leave it nice and broad. ESPN, in particular, Stephen A. Smith admitting he and they don't care about hockey is blank. Uh, Let's hear from Mega. Honest and refreshing. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, I don't think they said it exactly uh, the way that maybe is less offensive to hockey hardos. But... I think it's okay to admit that something is not really in your lane. And if you watch those shows, you already know that's not in their lane. Now, if you want to have a discussion where you are Molly and you're sitting there in that clip throwing it out like, hey, I've got a great question. Ooh, how about this? You should be prepared. Who is the step up for the dubs? Jordan Poole. That one of the one of the top teams in the city who is actively playing, who just made huge moves at the trade deadline, may come up in the discussion. That's all I'd say. Yeah. Uh, just real quick, do you think ESPN is good or bad for the sport of hockey? Good. I think it's good too. I think it's a broader, it's just broader outreach. I think them 
hockey fans so are they stash all the games on ESPN Plus. I know, but but so what? But there's a chance find, uh, they're not talking about it on first take. But there's but I we saw the highlights the other day on Get Up. That's not that's not happening if they're on NBC. Uh, you know, uh, local whatever RSN. Yeah, no, no, or or just no when the when the games were with NBC, like like nationally when that's what it was on, uh, and and it's on NBC Sports Network, like some of the, the some of the cable games, like. You were playing on CNBC and stuff like that in the playoffs. Playoff games. So, like, why do you care that some regular season games are on a digital platform? Like, Thursday Night Football is on a digital platform. If the the NFL can be once a week on a digital platform, your sport can be on a digital platform. Like, what's your problem with that? ESPN is good. ESPN, as a megaphone for that sport, is a good thing for the sport. Being on NBC and having playoff games on CNBC, that's horrible. This is a step up for the sport. I don't get why hockey fans are so butthurt about it and have such an issue. I think it's fine that Stephen A. said it. And I'd encourage him to say what he feels. It's okay if something's not your favorite sport. Everybody knows I'm a big hockey guy. And I'm not (laughs) the biggest NBA guy. It's okay. You can say it. I love hockey. I know a lot about hockey. Okay? I I am a bit of a hockey expert. A bit of a blind spot for me is basketball. I don't know so much about the bouncy ball. Okay, Same with football. You don't like talking about football. And it's not for me. Basketball just isn't for me, and football's just not for me. I'm a hockey guy. Okay, Everybody knows if there's there's a pickup game over at Wentworth, I'm grabbing a six-pack, and I'm going over there, and I'm going to be there. You're a true masshole is what you are. You're a true masshole. That's me, and it's okay to just admit that. that You're a Boston guy. That I hate basketball, and that I hate football. It should be okay to do that. You're not some out-of-stater. It's fine that Stephen A. does that. I have no problem. I can't believe people were so up in arms about that the other day it's kind of pathetic all right let's let's do that go to fill in the blank number two number two all right excluding jalen brown and jason tatum blank is currently the best duo in the nba i know we've done this uh variation of this before but i'm talking about right now with uh excluding brown and tatum best duo in the nba jones uh i'd say durant and booker so that would be my answer when we last rated these duos they were not a duo yet it was Kyrie and dallas durant had not been traded yet I'm going Durant and Booker, and the only reason I put I would still have LeBron and Anthony Davis at the top. LeBron's hurt right now, and I don't know if LeBron's playing again. That was a bad update on LeBron the other day. So I would go Lakers if they're healthy. They're not, and maybe you can say they never will be again. Anthony Davis is ever rarely uh, healthy, and LeBron is at his point and his age. He's gotten hurt now a few times in the last few years. Uh, Durant and Booker. That, to me, is the number one duo in the NBA, and I would have them over the Celtics duo. I mean, you can you can have the Celtics on this list for me personally. As we argued about the other day, I'd take Durant and Booker. Durant and Tatum are close. Tatum's better. They're close, though. Booker, to me, is, is and I know uh, not to go back down this path, but Booker is, I think, pretty clearly better than Jalen Brown, which is why I'd go with their edge there. I wouldn't agree with that. I still have Tatum and Brown above the pair, but I agree with you on the other pair, which is Durant and Booker. We've only seen one Durant game with the Suns, but he put up 27 in his first game back. Booker had like, what, like 37 points? Something like that? I don't that? remember. I, I know he so played it, well. I don't remember the specific I mean, he's total, great. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it, it's a very small sample size, but already making the splash that Kyrie couldn't with Luka. 37 for Booker, and I can't believe you guys are forgetting uh, Jokic and Murray. And, by the way, the Ox and the Fox. But hey, no love for the Sacramento Kings. I don't get it. That's the yeah. be- Jokic and Murray are the best duo in the NBA? I, if it's not Tatum, they're better than a duo that's played one game together no. easily. I like the number about, one I'm team in the West. raw talent here. I like I'm Jamal. still taking Jokic and I like Murray Jamal over Murray. anybody you guys have Look, outside of Tatum and Brown. Jokic might be a three-time MVP at the end of this year. Oh, he he might will win, be. He might win another MVP. I'll take Giannis and Holiday over Jokic and Murray. 
You would put Giannis and Holiday, not wrong, Giannis wrong, and Middleton. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Yes. Okay. Because Holiday's played all year and he's having a monster. He's a Holiday. twenty-seven and five. Hey, look, you don't need to it. talk up Holiday to me. I Holiday is guy. having a good year, but bringing in players like Holiday and Jamal Murray into the best duo discussion is insulting to the best duo discussion. All right, then let's go to uh, fill in the blank number three. Number three. The best and worst GMs, so we get a bonus fill in the blank here. The best and worst GMs in Boston right now are blank and blank. Megan, best and worst GMs. I feel like this is pretty clear cut. Um, I'm going to say best is Brad Stevens and worst is Heim Bloom. I'm, I, Heim Bloom, what he did with Xander, and I understand what, that maybe his hand was forced with Mookie before that, but the Red Sox still appear to be a disaster. Maybe not in spring training. We'll see. We'll see. And Brad Stevens, I mean, I, I think that he has an incredible roster right now. Can't yeah, fault him. He I, inherited a lot of it from Danny he did. Ainge, well, but he's been making the right tweaks so far. And I, I almost brought this up earlier because I don't I don't want to give Danny Ainge too much credit when they win a cup, but I would acknowledge that Ainge had a big hand in that core and Stevens inherited quite a bit of that core. Um, Why don't you want to give Ainge credit? Because they, they would never win with Danny Ainge. Right, Danny, but drafting Jason Tatum I understand, is an but all-timer. They, but they weren't going to win with just that core. They How weren't. about what he Bru- did sending the but Ainge, players to the Ainge, for the Nets pick? With this core, Ainge didn't win. Like, the Bruins core had won. That Bruins core had won. This core mm-hmm. did not win under Danny Ainge. This which core is what, was like 21 and 22 years old. Under fine, Danny but Ainge. you also agree that da- Danny Ainge wouldn't have given up the parts to get Brogdon. Danny Ainge wouldn't have given up the parts to get Derek White last year at the deadline. Like Der- Danny Ainge wanted to keep Kyrie. Ainge, Ainge would have it'd still be Aaron Neesmith. Like it, that that's what it still would be. It would still be like Aaron Romeo Neesmith. And, yeah, it would, but it would Some be Shemi Ojale. He'd still be like flipping pieces for picks and, and it'd be a bunch of first round picks who can't play. Like that's what it would be with Ainge. They would not be in the same spot. Okay, this is a good conversation for another day. Sure. What are your answers? Uh I agree with you on Stevens. And I think it's neck and neck, Stevens and Sweeney. Shocking. Uh, I think it's neck and neck, Stevens and Sweeney. Uh Sweeney is overrated, but he is right there for best GM in the city. I think worst GM right now is Bill. I think Bill's the worst GM in the city. <laughs> I do. And, like, High and Bloom's not been good. It's hard to be much worse than what Bill has been doing. Like, at least High and Bloom is hitting on a draft pick here and there. So, it's Bill, as a GM, has been horrendous the last couple of years. Even when he spent a crap ton of money, what good contracts do they have to show for it? Like, what do they have to show for that? Judon? Yeah. And it's not, it. like, it's not like Judon. free agency is aging like milk. It's not like he's a steal. Like, Judon's not a steal. Judon, Judon was a nice signing, but it's not like you got him on, like, this great contract no, or anything. he's a whopper. So to me, Bill right now is the worst. What he's GM on in the a city. Why are you laughing, Arkin? He's on a yeah, whopper. I didn't, I didn't understand either. I was like, did I he's miss a joke? He's on a whopper. Who? Judon? Yeah. Yes. No. I. I was like, he's I mis- the highest paid guy on the team. I was curious why he was laughing too. Somebody I didn't say get, whopper. Yeah, I didn't get it either. I didn't get it either. Damn it. Whopper, 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 whopper. Is that why you were laughing? Because uh, whenever someone says Whopper, Ryan usually. Who said Whopper? It was anticipatory, is what it was. I mm-hmm. see that now. But yeah, I, I'd say Bill is the worst it's like GM. Like Pavlov's in the city. dog. Yeah, and speaking of the worst GM in the city, uh, apparently he's at war with the starting quarterback, Mac Jones, for now, the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots. We'll get back to that with all your phone calls. 617 779 7937. That comes your way next. Mike Milbury joins the Greg Hill Show every Thursday morning at 820. Brought to you by Shaw's and Star Market, John Sewer and Drain Cleaning, and Kentucky Owl, the wise man, straight bourbon whiskey. Milbury, 820, Thursday mornings on WEEI. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.